So <laughs> the argument that we're superior and blah, 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 just based on our intelligence and what else, it's very inconsistent. And if you end up biting the bullet on it consistently, you just end up sounding like a lunatic. We may be different, but we're the same in all the ways that matter. People keep saying to us, you vegans want to make animals equal to humans, give them equal rights. No, we're not asking that they fly planes. We're not asking chickens to vote. We're not asking for turkeys to have jobs and stuff. We just want to leave them alone. We just want to give them the basic right to life. That's it. What the hell is up, you guys? Today, I got George Martin from Carnism Debunked on the podcast. He is an activist. He is a video editor. He humanely slaughters all arguments against veganism. So you guys are going to love this episode because we're going to get into it. We're going to talk all about how to snap back at people that just don't know any better and how to bring them into the light. So go follow him at Carnism Debunked. If you go to his website, he has a whole list of arguments against veganism and information on how to answer people. So go check that out. I'm at JLo Kurtz. You're listening to Jamie's Corner Podcast. Without further ado, here we go. Well, George, also known as Carnism Debunked, welcome. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me on, Jamie. Good to be on. Thanks for making this happen. You know, we had a little back and forth. We weren't sure if we were going to do this next week or the week after, but you know what? We made it happen. Yeah. Oh, good planning. So for those people that don't know who you are, give us a little intro. Who are you? Sure. So um, I'm an animal rights activist based in the UK. Um, I have a platform known as Carnism Debunked. So I have like the website for that, which helps like debunk all the anti-vegan arguments. I've got a little YouTube channel. Needs more subscribers, though. Um, <laughs> and you know, I'm active on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, always posting a lot of stuff on there. And I'm currently the co-organizer for the We The Free group based in Bristol here in the UK. Um, so that's a really um, cool little thing that I'm doing like on weekends and stuff now. Um, um, it has quite a unique um, sort of approach to it for a street outreach group, which I'm sure we can delve into later, which is kind of good. Uh, but that's what I'm sort of doing these days. Yeah, and you do a lot of talks on excuses for not being vegan. So today in this podcast, you guys, we're going to really break down how to answer some of these tough questions that you maybe get from your family, from your friends. Uh, I know that when I first went vegan, I just didn't even know how to answer and I would just get super uncomfortable and just not say anything. But now... And nobody wants to have a debate with me because they know they're going to lose. So let me ask you, George, is there a logical argument against veganism? No, uh, aside from someone just saying, I, I don't give a shit. Um, that is basically the only argument there is. If someone just says they just don't care, there's just pure apathy. Although there's even holes you can poke in that argument because you could just say, well, I don't care about you. But that doesn't give me the right to slit your throat, gas you. Um, so even that argument, you know, you could say it, it, it's not a perfect argument. I'd just say that's at least the closest one to being a good argument against veganism. But there's simply no justification we have in this day and age to continue doing this to animals. So how did you come to the vegan message? Like, what is your story? Were you born and raised vegan? How did you get into this? Um, like pretty much every other vegan, um, I have no background as a vegan before I was raised in a in a totally non-vegan household in a non-vegan way. I'm still to this day the only vegan in my entire family. 
Um, and it was in 2012 when I came across uh, Gary Yurofsky's speech, the best speech you will ever hear, um, that I got looking into veganism. Before that, I just the, the concept was just kind of alien to me, to be honest. And um, that set me on the path to becoming not only vegan, but an animal liberation activist as well. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And yeah, we all find our own ways. And I think it's the little seeds along the way. At least, you know, for me, it wasn't just one all be all. I'm going vegan. It was like seeing Dominion. It was seeing a livestock truck on the highway and being horrified by that. Um, and then it was, you know, having the confidence that, oh my God, I can change. But also going up against all these social norms and pressures because it's still not mainstream. It's not normalized completely yet. We're still a little bit of outcasts. But I think having somebody like you in this movement who you really know the facts, you know how to debate, you know how to talk to people, you're opening up eyes every single day. So if we can really just get through to people how logical it is to be vegan and how it aligns with people's beliefs and how therefore their actions should follow the beliefs that they have. Because most people don't want to harm animals, right? Yeah, you're right. There is like a consistency thing here. Um... People are just inconsistent, but people don't like to be inconsistent. If you actually probe out their inconsistencies, they usually like, ah, oh, damn, that's a good point. And yeah, I, I think it is becoming more normalized now. Unfortunately, though, we're still a tiny, 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 minuscule fraction of the world's population. Uh, it's just becoming more normalized, at least in Western countries. And I, I don't know about you, Jamie, but like, for example, when I tell someone I'm vegan now, it tends to be not it doesn't tend to have as much resistance because usually they've got a vegan friend or if everyone's got a vegan friend or a vegan family member now right um so people are now a bit more kind of receptive to it and it's just like seen as a more normal thing i remember when i first went vegan back in 2013 you tell anyone you're vegan it just result in like arguments and bombarding you with all these insane questions and stuff still can happen but not as much as it did Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And nowadays, at least being in New York City, it's like I can go to pretty much any restaurant and be fine ordering. And I also am confident in taking my non-vegan friends to vegan spots and being like, here, try this. Like, look, you're really not sacrificing any taste, any flavors. It's you're going to feel better, you know, so that helps too. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, <laughs> do, you, do you not find now that when you just eat all this amazing vegan food there is, you, it almost makes you a bit angry. You're like, holy shit, why aren't people vegan kind of thing? Especially where we're living in, in cities like Bristol and New York City, where there's just amazing vegan scenes. And it's just like, seriously, you're coming up with the same old excuses? I swear to God, I just had a ham and cheese croissant yesterday morning from Terms of Endearment in Brooklyn, New York. Next time you come back, we're going. It's 100%. insane. They have everything <laughs> from Cinnabons to toaster strudels to omelets. I mean, it is the craziest thing. It is so, 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 so good. And, you know, thinking of somebody that's coming from a non-vegan perspective, they're thinking, wow, you know, I really like these foods and I don't want to give this up. But the, the truth of it is, is that you don't have to give up any of it yeah and the crazy thing about especially cities like new york city which is just a gigantic place obviously is it's got all these mainstream vegan restaurants there but it's so big that you've got all these little hidden gems as well that a lot of vegans have hardly would hardly talk about there's just so much to explore and you actually find that i don't know about you but my my diet is more varied now that i'm a vegan 
<laughs> than before. You know, people think it's like restrictive, whatever. I'm for, I'm eating a much more diverse range of foods than I've ever eaten before and, and sampling all these different cuisines and stuff. I love my, my not that the veganism is about that, but I love my so-called food journey, you know, as a vegan. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm definitely eating many more colors. I, I swear, I used to just eat chicken nuggets and call that food for the day. You know what I mean? Now I'm like eating a bunch of salads. I'm eating ham and cheese croissants. I'm trying things that I had never even tried before. Even Ethiopian food, if you've ever had, they have so many delicious entrees and things that you can get that I, I never even thought existed. You know, e Ethiopian food is on my mind right now, actually, Jamie. Like, I've been dying to go back to this place in Bristol like all week. <laughs> See, <laughs> you know? I knew it. I was picking up on that telepathically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's, it's a really authentic little place here in, in Bristol. And um, it's, it's one of those, they don't give you a knife and fork. You have to eat with your hands there. And everything. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's authentic. Yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful. My God. I, yeah, I love Ethiopian food. Veganism really is about the ethics. And you were saying that before. So can you talk a little bit about how the food is not about what veganism is? <laughs> yeah, 100%. So the simplest way of putting it is, there are millions of ways to abuse animals that have nothing to do with food. Um, <laughs> like if I was to say to you, oh, Jamie, I'm vegan. You know, I've, you know, I've just eaten, you know, I don't eat dairy or eggs or meat or anything like that. You know, everything in my fridge is just fruits and vegetables. Anyway, Jamie, I'm, uh, I'm just off to go hunting now. Oh, you know, I'll catch you later, right? This one, oh, you know, uh, oh, oh, look at these nice leather shoes. Um, this would obviously not make sense, right? So, People have to recognize that veganism isn't a diet. It's saying that animals aren't resources for us, that they have, they're individuals who have rights. And the least we can do for them, the least we can do for animals is just to leave them alone, to not murder them, to not enslave them, to not abuse them. That's all that veganism is. And so many people relate to their dogs, they relate to their cats, they see that these animals are sentient beings. It's like, where is that line drawn? I mean, every single one of these animals, whether it's a cow, a chicken, a pig, a turkey, they all breathe, they all have feelings, they all know pain, they know suffering, they know happiness. So it's like, where is that line drawn? Oh, just because it's done behind a, a wall in a slaughterhouse, then that makes it okay? Yeah, and I guess that's what you've mentioned there is, I guess, one of the two forms of speciesism. So one of the biggest forms of speciesism, obviously, is that we as humans think that we're so superior to animals that we can enslave them and abuse them for our taste pleasure and so on. The other form of speciesism is treating different animals differently just for arbitrary reasons. Oh, the dog is a pet, but the pig is food um and just the complete difference in the way that these animals are viewed when actually they you know it's the same it's the same act to stab a dog in the throat to stab a pig in the throat is the same thing how are we so blinkered so conditioned to think that there's any difference so how do we go about waking people up like what is the most effective way of outreach in your eyes mm, well this is a tough one because simply put it's we've got a long and arduous road ahead um i am a bit of a glass half empty kind of guy so i'm sorry for bringing some negative vibes onto your <laughs> onto your podcast jamie let's be but realistic and let, i appreciate it, it exactly let's be realistic so the thing is like it's different strokes for different folks ultimately and i think 
there are plenty of people in society who will change if you have logical discussion with them and you make them realize their inconsistencies unfortunately though the truth is a good good amount of people simply will not change unless it becomes more normalized and like the system kind of changes a little bit and just goes gives them a little nudge along the way but then the, the paradox to that is in order for the system to change the people people need to change as well um so i think it's just going to be one of those things of you know trying to target as many people as as possible we've got our online advocacy which obviously changed i mean that changed me gary Yurofsky's speech i saw that a youtube video um we have street outreach and stuff where we actually go out on the streets with tvs and stuff you know like av do we the free do um so there's all that kind of stuff that we can do um but ultimately the way that we all discover veganism is is often quite different i think online activism though is maybe the most impactful changes the most people if you show people certain videos and documentaries or write something powerful i think that can be very effective most amount of people in the shortest amount of time it's yeah. very very effective and what i do for work is i work at a film company and we make short viral documentaries that discuss many issues within animal agriculture and we try to just get it mainstream media what's going to capture people's attention what's going to get the information out there so to me that's i think i definitely agree with you on that but when you saw gary yarofsky's speech what was going through your mind like where were you at at that point did you ever try to argue it because i feel like i run into so many people that will just try to argue it yeah well here's the thing i didn't like it one bit when i was watching that the first time i didn't like him I didn't like the stuff that he was saying. I didn't like the fact that I felt guilty. I felt like a hypocrite. But he was right. And you have to just accept if someone is right. Yeah, you might feel a little bit shit. You might feel that you fucked up somewhere in life or that you're doing something bad. But if someone is bringing the truth to you, he, he's ultimately only trying to help you help the animals um he, he he's not the you know it's crazy that people get more angry with the person talking about the animal abuse than they do with themselves for committing it that's the most important thing here you have to get angry at yourself you can't get angry at the person who's just telling you what you're doing is wrong um so but yeah to, to answer your question i i didn't like it one bit when i watched that speech and then i realized he was right and now i love it <laughs> Wow. So isn't that interesting? It's like some at first people will shoot the messenger. Mm. I think there's a saying it's like it takes people seven times to see a message and depending on where they're at in their process of seeing veganism and seeing why people are vegan and the truth, they'll react differently. But I also heard that sometimes the people that are the most triggered are the ones that are the closest to changing. Mm. Yeah, because you're getting an emotional reaction from them. Yeah, that that could be, there could be a theory in that. I've heard um, people, including psychologists, actually speak out about that before. Um, maybe that's true of some people, but I think a lot of the people who just give the super bad reactions are simply people who will never change. But you could be right, though. There might be some of those people who they give the super defensive reactions and they're showing emotion and anger and blah, blah, blah. And maybe they're more likely to change than the person who just sort of shrugs their shoulders and they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, veganism. Yeah, cool, man, whatever kind of thing, because they're just meeting the message with apathy. 
maybe the fact that someone's shouting at you and saying, how dare you say this and blah, blah, blah. It shows that they've actually, they're feeling a bit of guilt and guilt is effective. Like pe people won't change if they don't feel guilty. Exactly. And it, I think it's so important to get those reactions out of people, because as you said, when we first started the podcast, the one thing that we can't change is if they just don't care. Yeah. If they can actually look at an animal in the eye and say, I don't care about your suffering. And that's scary as hell. I mean, that's very, very scary. But if they don't care, there's not much yeah. I can do to make them care unless you go about the environment way or if you talk to them about the health benefits of going vegan. Yeah, there's a lot of brain dead zombies who walk among us who for somehow they see this stuff happening and it just doesn't affect them in any way. They might see the screens that you're showing on the street or they see the video shared on YouTube. And for some reason, like the thought that this is bad doesn't even enter their mind. Um, so yeah, maybe those people are more likely to do something if they feel it benefits them in some way. But again, that's not veganism because what's going to stop them from doing something that I don't know, let's say you hook them on the health message. Well, then what happens when A, they, they find a way to eat non-vegan food, but in a healthy way, and B, they wanna, I don't know, buy some non-vegan clothing or something like that. And this is why veganism just has to be about the ethics. Exactly, and we see that over and over and over again. Look at John Venus. He was a major oh. quote unquote vegan, I, well, I like to say now plant-based mm. athlete. And he was obviously not in it for the ethics and now he is eating animals again and posting all about it so is there really such thing as an ex-vegan yeah so if people go to my instagram carnism underscore debunked i've actually got a highlight reel on this where i talk about why i don't believe there is such thing as an ex-vegan and that their heart was never truly in it to begin with to kind of summarize one of the points i make in that if you genuinely cared, if you thought, if you believed in animal rights, but you had to return back to eating animals for your health or whatever it was, wouldn't you, Jamie, in this hypothetical scenario where this happened, let's say we have this magical, crazy hypothetical scenario, Jamie, where you had to eat animal products for your health, wouldn't you at least just return to eating like the lowest sentience animals possible? So like maybe just like oysters, mussels, maybe you'd, if you had to eat eggs, you'd do the whole backyard eggs thing. I'm not condoning any of this, by the way, I'm just talking about, yeah, where you yeah. have to, and you'd be doing this and you'd be writing like how awful you felt, how sorry it made you feel. It's like, I'm so sorry. I'm having to do this. This is awful, blah, blah, blah. But you know, I, I literally have to do it for the sake of my health but they don't. When have you ever seen an ex-vegan do that? They're just sizzling steaks away, talking about how great and fantastic they feel. Remember, right. like, why would, why would you be feeling great about this? You were vegan, remember? You'd be feeling, you should be feeling shit about this. The fact that they're just like sizzling a steak away on the barbecue and just eating a hamburger and bacon and stuff like this. And they're like, oh, I feel great now. This is amazing. Oh, it's changed my life and blah, blah, blah. This shows that their heart just was never truly in it. That's a really, really good way of looking at it. It actually makes me think about how last weekend I was in the elevator and I was talking to some lady in the elevator and she noticed I had like my tattoo on my arm that said animal liberation. And she goes, oh my God. She's like, my sister is vegan. 
And I'm like, oh, mm. really? Like, okay, is she vegan for the animals? Like, what's the whole deal? She was, And she was like, yeah, like, she really cares about animals, blah, blah, blah. And so it sounded like her sister was very ethically there. But then I yeah. asked her, I was like, so are you vegan? And she was like, well, I was vegan. And I'm, you know, biting my mm. tongue. And I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. And then she was like, yeah, but for my health, you know, I really needed to start eating animals again. So I'm thinking... Okay. And then I see her inside this party eating a pepperoni pizza. Yeah. What about that is healthy? Yeah. It's <laughs> exactly. Like- yeah. You've, you've caught her out. <laughs> you've caught her red handed. Uh, and it just shows just the bullshit that, that these people come out with. It's just excuses. It's almost like they just want to hear themselves talk. It, it just yeah. doesn't even logically make any sense because also as you talk about all the time in your videos and on your podcast, like you can easily thrive and survive off of a plant-based diet there's literally nothing that you can't get from a variety of plants so you know if you're if you're just not eating if you are somebody that suffers from an eating disorder you're not eating then of course you're not going to get the nutrients that you need but if you are eating a variety of foods you will be okay people it's crazy i feel better than ever yeah, yeah, the, the science is truly on our side now. And um, it's it's becoming harder than ever, not only for people to feign ignorance about what happens in the industries to these animals, but uh, to feign ignorance about the fact that we can survive and thrive healthily on a plant-based diet. Um, and I, I don't know what, what more do we have to say to some of these people? Well, I mean, it's just the case. I think, again, they're just making excuses, aren't they? So there's nothing... What Right. What are some of the most, uh, I guess, argue, what are, what are some of the most annoying arguments that you get? Mm. I think one of the ones that annoys me most is the one about plants feeling pain or plants having rights. Um, because for me, this trivializes animal abuse so much. It, it, it makes a mockery of what the animals are going through. Never in my life did I hear this argument that plants have rights or are sentient to feel pain until I was went vegan. And then I just started hearing it all the time, which just shows what a load of nonsense it is. But I find the way that a lot of vegans respond to this is they give it too much credit. They take it too seriously. They start explaining to the person, oh, well, you see, plants don't have a brain and a central nervous system and therefore and blah, blah, blah. They know that. You don't need to tell them that. What's better, I find, is to just say, like, how would you feel if maybe one of your loved ones was brutally decapitated? And then I turned up to the funeral and everyone's talking there at the wake afterwards or something. And I said, well, to be honest, it's no different to cutting a carrot, is it really? You know, I mean, now imagine if you said that to someone, like, obviously that would be about the most insulting thing you could say about someone's murdered child or wife or mother, whoever it is. Yet we're let, you know, let, yet people think that they can say this about pigs and cows and chickens, highly sentient creatures um, who feel pain and suffer. It's just a, a mockery of their rights to compare animals to blades of grass, to potatoes. Well, then how do you answer the argument that humans and animals are different and that humans are better than animals? How do you handle that? Mm, Well, (laughs) I think when people are saying that, um, they're kind of talking about maybe like our intelligence or our ingenuity. Um, But (laughs) one of the weirdest things is hardly any humans are doing anything so special to set them apart from the animal kingdom. Okay, yeah, look around us. We have this amazing civilization and blah, blah, blah. 
none of the people who say this though have actually built any of that themselves um so their accomplishments are about the same as a as a chicken in that regard but in any case like apply this to like a, in a human context just how like ridiculously ableist this would sound like if you said um let's say you took an adult who has the iq of a cow and there are adults who exist with learning difficulties such as that and you said well their life doesn't matter we can just you know gas them stab them to death that would sound evil and horrific that's literally what the nazis did they they did murder um like mentally disabled people in the holocaust so <laughs> the argument that we're superior and blah 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 just based on our intelligence and what else it's very inconsistent and it, if you end up biting the bullet on it consistently you would just end up sounding like a lunatic um us and animals other animals we may be different but we're the same in all the ways that matter um and we're not it's not like vegans are you know people keep saying to us you vegans want to make animals equal to humans give them equal rights no, we're not asking that they fly planes. We're not asking chickens to vote. We're not asking for turkeys to have jobs and stuff. We just want to leave them alone. We just want to give them the basic right to life. That's it. That's what I'm opening the podcast with. That was, I think, so well said. Honestly, it's <laughs> it, it's really that simple. It's it's just not not harming them, not harming anybody. I mean, I don't know about you, but veganism opened my eyes to so many other social justice issues. And you also see how it relates to human rights. It relates to so many different issues. Yeah, there's there's an amazing book, actually, I'd recommend everyone to read if they've never read it. It's called Eternal Treblinka by Charles Patterson. And it talks about how human oppression was actually inspired by animal oppression. It's an amazing, it's a mind-blowing historical read because, you know, we often get the argument, oh, sort out the human issues first, then we can deal with the animals. It's like, but we can't have a world without human injustice in a non-vegan world because ultimately we got the idea of oppression from speciesism. Ultimately, the idea that some lives matters, matter less than others and every oppression throughout history um, was inspired that very notion. You know, we're the superior kind and they don't matter. And this is exactly what's happening to animals now. And once you can learn to look at a more vulnerable being, such as a chicken, you know, such as a pig that just will only show you love, once you can actually love and respect an animal like that, you can surely learn to treat each other with kindness. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I really put myself in their position. And I always ask myself, would I want that done to me before I label something humane or ethical? Yeah, of course, this is, the, you know, the golden rule that has been not that I'm a religious person, but it's in pretty much all the major religions, the idea of treat others as you would wish to be treated, do unto others as you would have done to yourself um people just aren't living in line with these core human principles as I, I think is a good way that melanie joy puts it dr melanie joy obviously for anyone listening who's unfamiliar she's the psychologist who coined the term carnism um from which my platform is named after and she says essentially that carnism is a violation of core human principles Absolutely. And she talks about the ethical dilemma be behind eating one animal versus, you know, eating another. Um, and she brings up speciesism a lot. She's amazing. I really love her. Who are some other activists yeah. or people in the movement that you really look up to or try to model 
uh, some of your videos off of. Damn. Um, well, I'd end up all naming all my friends here. So that would be too many to name. Um, so I think I would have if, but if so, if you just said to me, like, George, who would be like the one person that you would maybe most inspire your activism from, I'd probably say just because Gary Roski is the one that sent me on that journey, it would be him. Um, I, you know, I, again, like I said, <laughs> Uh, I, I, he 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 goes to show to me he he goes to prove in my opinion that it's not necessarily about being liked it's about having a strong message and just having a no bullshit approach a lot of the time and just advocating in the right way it's a shame that he's sort of stepped down from the movement uh but i understand why he did it because as he said he was getting very very impatient with people and i don't know if you i don't know if you followed him on social media before he dipped out in like mm-hmm. 2000 yeah so he he kind of quit social media and just thought right retired in about 2015 i think it was and his replies to people were getting very very like I, i'm talking about to vegans as well we're getting very like aggressive snappy rude and he just said you know one day like i no longer have the patience to teach this anymore after 20 something years of being in the trenches um so i understand uh, you know, I'd love to have him back, but I understand why he's he's taken the time out. Isn't he labeled a terrorist in like seven different countries? Yeah, he's banned from the UK. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's also banned from Canada. Um, so yeah, he's got a bit of a resume. Uh, he's got a bit of a reputation, has Gary, uh, for what he calls uh, random acts of kindness and compassion. Uh, so um yeah, he he uh, unfortunately won't be doing like a speaking tour at like the UK vegan camp out or something like that anytime soon, which is a shame. Yeah. I would love, <laughs> love, love to meet him as well. So what keeps you sane? What keeps you going? Can you give advice to my listeners about how to stay in the long run for the animals? Mm, yeah, that is a good question. Um, you know, when people often ask me this, they say, George, how, you know, how do you manage to do it? How do you stay sane in this? And, and how do you stay well in this, you know, cruel carnist world? And how do you cope? My honest reply is honestly, I don't, um, it sucks. I don't have this magical answer where I can say, Oh, you know, well just do this and you'll feel great. You won't feel great. If you're doing activism, you are dedicating your life to helping others and some sometimes you're going to be happy when you see the changes in people and see that and you'll have a rich social life and stuff that can keep you happy in that regards but you know some days you will feel like utter crap and sometimes you will lay in bed at night being angry at the world um for anyone struggling with this kind of stuff um there is a term for this coined by the psychologist dr claire mann it's called vistopia which means the anguish of being vegan in a non-vegan world. Um, I recommend buying her book, Vistopia. Um, you can even, you know, if, you, if you're really struggling, you can book an appointment with Claire Mann online. You can have like a psychologist um, session with Claire Mann, who's a fellow vegan, who's going to understand everywhere that you're coming from. Because you, you go to the average psychologist on the high street, um, they're not going to understand where you're coming from in this regard. You know, they're going to talk to you about your feelings one day and then they're just going to eat a cheese sandwich as soon as they end the session. I just found myself in my last therapy session outreaching my therapist for an hour. 
<laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Fashion about, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, the, the, check out Claire Mann, people. That her surname is M A N. Um, yeah, check her out. She she's great, and she she's written books on what we're going through. And also, meeting people like you keeps me alive and going because it rem- it makes me remember. Oh my god, I'm not crazy, you know. And that we have a support system. We're here for each other. Make vegan yes. friends. We have this beautiful thing. It's also can be a little negative. Social media got to balance <laughs> it. You got to find some balance, but it is a beautiful thing for connecting people across the world. And mm-hmm. getting vegan friends have, has kept me sane and to a certain extent. I obviously feel so much pain every single day about the animal stuff, but I know exactly what you mean. We're here for each other, and it, you know, you don't have to feel alone and isolated because it's strange, isn't it? Because we leave these like big vegan festivals and events where you're surrounded by all the people who are on, who share your mindset and it almost tricks you into thinking for a short while that the world is kind of like that and then you go back to work the next day or you go back to wherever it is and you realize actually I'm kind of the odd one out now and I'm the one who orders the vegan option and the restaurant kind of looks at me funny and I get these weird stares kind of thing um so it's very weird that in some situations you feel so surrounded by people who share your who are on your wavelength and then you're just thrust back into the world where you're less than one percent of the population again yeah it's it's unreal and I always think to myself I'm like why me why us like what is it about us that made us wake up to the truth Mm. of how the food gets to the plate i i'm telling you i mean in high school i was party girl you know couldn't give a crap about really anything but myself and like i just don't understand why we out of you know billions of people woke up to that to this horrific truth right yeah, you know what? I, this is going on to the psychology thing again. I think it could be something to do with personality types. I think I, I'm quite I'm quite interested in the whole Myers Briggs thing, right? And it does seem to be very common amongst vegans that they share those N or the F letters in the in the middle. Have you done the Myers Briggs thing? I am due for it because so Ryuji told me to actually do it as well yeah so i told him yeah yeah, yeah, i'm gonna do it okay i'm gonna do it this weekend yeah well i'll tell you now i am an enfj and i think you will find that you're likely something similar so we might not have the exact same combination of letters but they might be similar um like for example i i saw joey carbstrong recently and we were discussing this i'm an enfj he's an infj um, so like there's like similarities that I think I think vegans often share those two middle letters. And I I read there's a video I did a while back. Um, it was on that book called A Declaration of War um, and by that mysterious author calling themselves Screaming Wolf. And they talk about, in that about how the, the vegan message, unfortunately, for a lot of people is just hopeless. And there's only certain personality types that will actually change in a system where they're going to be the minority, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so I think it can be dependent on your personality type. That's so interesting. Yeah, I think just having empathy, being sensitive. I always loved animals. You know, I'm, I'm not like a cat lady. You know what I mean? I just, I just know that they suffer, you know, and I wouldn't want to harm them. If, yes, if- and it's ultimately about what we base our life around. Um, there's some people who 
they live just for like maybe financial success or something like that. I find activists are more driven by altruism. It's like the what they want to accomplish before they die is not necessarily living in a mansion, though that that would be great. I would love to live in a mansion. But what they're more focused on is actually making some kind of positive altruistic change to the world. I think vegans tend to fall more into that category. It truly is such a selfless thing. And I think if more people understood that we're not doing this for ourselves, trust me, I would save myself a lot I would, I would save myself from mental breakdowns and a lot of suffering and pain that opening my eyes to the truth has caused. You know what I mean? It's really something so far outside of ourselves. Yeah. You know, this, this guy, I was at Speaker's Corner in London the other day where you go to just like debate stuff with the public, right? It's a really cool little place in London. Very frustrating though. And this guy there, he told me that, you know, oh, you're just coming here to act like you're above everyone and you're just doing this because you want to feel better than everyone. And I said, if I was doing this to make me feel better than everyone, why the fuck would I want you to be vegan? Why would I, I want you to be doing the same stuff as me? I don't want to feel better than anyone. I want every single person on this planet to be vegan and for me to just be the norm. Like, the, I don't want to be the odd one out or acting better than anyone. Right. It doesn't actually gain you any immediate benefit. It, it's for the animals, the ones that have to die for the cause for, for, for you know, so it, it's super interesting, but I so appreciate everything that you're doing, all the posts that you're making. You're really, it's, it's one thing to be an activist, but it's another thing to really take this on as a job and you are posting, you are active, you are doing the thing. So where can everybody find you? And if you wanted to just leave us with any last tips or advice that would be really helpful yeah sure so my platform is carnism debunked so type that in on youtube if you want to see my videos it's carnism underscore debunked on instagram uh, my personal profile on facebook is george martin and i've got the carnism debunked page on there um, as well um, my advice would be folks please just get active um, we need to speak out and activism doesn't need to be doing stuff physically you know there's many people who don't have much time or you might be disabled or something like that but we can do activism from the comforts of our own home we don't need to constantly be doing physical stuff um there's any form of activism is activism if that makes sense if you're trying to make a change if you're being vocal about it that's good exactly and one by one we're gonna just try and make the world a better place where we can so Thank you so much. Please be in touch. If you're ever back in New York City, I'm taking you to terms of endearment. Yeah, 100%. No, I'd love to go to New York again. If money was no object, I'd be there very of soon. But no, <laughs> I'd love to go back. I'm due for a trip to the UK too. I heard the vegan food scene out there is amazing. It's amazing. Yes, let me know when you're in the UK, Jamie. We'll get some good mm -hmm. vegan food as well. Thank you guys for listening. Much appreciated. So until next time.